Well, good morning. Uh, this is the, uh, it's been a long time, but we're doing another Bike Doctor podcast. And uh, I was watching a show recently, and they were talking to actors about movies. And, and uh, they said, well, how do you decide what you're going to do? And, you know, what's your next thing? And, and the guy was saying, well, you know, I'd like to do one or two for my fans and then one for me and then another couple for my fans and one for me. Well, this is my one for me. Um, this isn't necessarily bike, although we've got some bike stuff that I think we'll talk about here. Um, but this one will be fun. It, it's, uh, um, uh, as, as some of you know, uh, I've worked at a number of the drag shows and have had a ton of fun, uh, working the door and meeting the performers and, and hanging out with the folks and decided, you know what, I, I want to learn a little bit more about this and share some of this with my friends. So today we are doing a podcast with Gigi Monroe. Hello, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so just for four, should, are, are we James, because you're not in drag, or sure. maybe that's something yes, that's both yeah. That's <laughs> it, 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 one of those things I try to be real careful with and respectful of is when is James James and when is Gigi Gigi and and Taquan and Tahir and Tori and Mikhail. You know, so where for someone who is uh, a fan um, who. Uh, might run into a performer uh, out of drag. What's, is there kind of a preferred or? How yeah, does... that's a great question. Um, you know, the basic, it, because you know me right. as Gigi and James, you know, it's pretty much if I'm in drag, it's Gigi. If right. I'm out of drag, it's James. Right. And that's kind of my preferred. Um, and I think it's a good standard rule. Right. But a lot of times you might see somebody and you only know their stage name. Right. So um, sometimes it's best to just avoid the name. Right, And just right. say, hey, hey you right. know, good to see you or I'm whatever I'm terrible with names anyway, so often that right. works for me. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you never, you know, you, you want to be a little sensitive about, like, calling somebody out in, right. in the day life. Exactly. Like, you never exactly. really know their situation. Right. So sometimes it's nice to just smile and right, right. say hi yeah. and I enjoyed your show last right. weekend. Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> um, I got introduced through my wife, Melissa, who works as a stage manager uh, on your shows. And for years, I had um, uh, at least one friend of mine, uh, Juicy, uh, who I knew was performing, but I had this... It was kind of my own crap in my head where I didn't want to go to the show because I felt like I was going to get picked out and I was going to become part of, you know, something, <laughs> you know. And uh, um, so I didn't go for a long time. And then Melissa finally convinced me, you just go and, and have fun. And I went with some other friends. And um, after the show, uh, Melissa and I were talking and and I commented about one of the performers and uh, um she said, well, that was Vinny. And Vinny is Juicy. Juicy is Vinny. And I've known Vinny for years. I went on vacation with Vinny one time. I had no idea that that was <laughs> Vinny, you know. And uh, uh, and so that kind of flipped a switch for me. And then I was like, okay, this, duh, this isn't about me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a Leo, though. I just, yeah, that's kind of the way I am. Well, but that explains a lot. It, it does, actually. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, since that time, I haven't missed a show yet, I don't think, yeah. in the you know, a couple of years, and I just love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you're not alone. A, a lot of people have that um, perception that that's what a show is going to be like, and they're afraid to get picked on or, um, you know, made to come up on stage and right. do something stupid and get embarrassed in front of the audience or, right. or be somehow made, you know, physically or, God forbid, sexually uncomfortable. Right. Um, and... You know, I, I guess I can't speak for every drag show in the world. You know, that <laughs> that could happen, I suppose. Right, but right. That's just not how I roll, and not not my experience with shows. Right. It's it's really um, it's more for something. It's more something that I want people to be able to watch and enjoy. Right. Um, from the perspective of of an audience, just like you go to see the movie. Right. Um, but. There are times where things are interactive, but it's always I try to read people, and and it's it's only the people that I feel like are comfortable and want to engage on that level. Um, but you know, I'm glad you you got right. dragged into yeah. the mix uh, <laughs> right. by Melissa. Yeah. God, we couldn't we could not do any of these shows without her. She's become just an integral piece of oh, she's what amazing. we do. Yeah. Um, all of her theater experience, you know, right. drag is a little bit of theater. It's a little right. bit of nightclub, uh, adult entertainment. And right. it's a little bit of, um, just like something else entirely, right. like right. just yeah. playing and dress up and gender and right. just kind of throwing everything yeah. up in the air and seeing what sticks. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's been a blast. I've loved every one of them. I had, uh, uh, a lot of fun. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of how Gigi came to be. Sure. Um, so Gigi's been around for um, 15 years this year. Wow. And um, I started like a lot of drag queens start um, at a gay pride celebration right. in Atlanta, Georgia. We were um, getting ready for the, the annual parade and there were some friends who owned a small business and they needed um, drag queens for their float in oh, the okay. parade. Nice. <laughs> and, you know, you could never have too many uh, or enough drag queens um, at Pride right. for all of these floats and the parade and all the festivities. So uh, I kind of got um, interested at that point i was like sure i'll dress up and then there there was a fundraiser for right. something else and i was like sure i'll i'll be a part of that so that all kind of happened in june of um 2004 and um it i, I couldn't stop after right. that i was going to you know amateur nights right. at the all the bars and uh in atlanta and atlanta is a, a hotbed of drag um if you've never been to drag like um in the lower 48 especially right. there's certain like regional hubs and atlanta's like the mecca in the south interesting um, uh certainly like the southeast because kind of texas is its own thing florida right. is its own thing but is the hair bigger in texas oh yeah i mean <laughs> everything is bigger like it, it really um is right? true yeah. it really is true the makeup is more extreme all of that stuff but atlanta is it, you know it's still holds its southern roots right. and, and things are bigger there right. um very bold it's, it's just a huge community wow. um rupaul started in atlanta okay. lady bunny started in atlanta 
Um, there's a legend there named Charlie Brown who uh, just built this huge community of drag supporters and right. performers. And so um, it was a, an amazing place to start, but it was very cutthroat. And uh, a lot of times, like when I started, you had to show up to a show that you wanted to work in right. in full drag, um, and but, but not in like a costume that you would wear on stage, something that we call... Um, tip around look so okay, if you're just tipping right, around right um so it's like your mingle outfit or whatever so you had to show up um you had to bring uh your your costume and your cd with, with whatever music, track you right. wanted to do um and you had to uh try to run into the show director and kind of get evaluated well, on right. the spot and say you know can i do, do you have an open spot tonight right, can right. i do a number and, um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes they were full, sometimes you looked like crap, like whatever it was, right. uh, you didn't always get in the show right? Yeah. and you never got paid. I mean, that was not right. even, not totally off the table. Right, right. So you but had to still do be, that. But they're still tipping. They're still tipping if you're right. lucky. Right, right. If yeah. I mean, if you were good. Right. Um, you know, the tipping here in Juno, it, it, I've tried to train the audience to be very generous <laughs> with their tips and... And I think they do a good job with that. But some audiences, you know, they, they may be, um, you know, they may have seen thousands of drag shows in their right. life and they have a little um, more critical approach to things. Right, right. So anyway, that's uh, that was kind of how it was, um, f- at least for the first six months or so until I got my first cast position. Oh, okay. And it was uh, myself and Sonique and Nicole Page Brooks. Um, and we were given our own show at this um, tiny little bar uh, called Buddies, and <laughs> and we do a show at Buddies. It was like a Friday night show, and um, you know we'd each do two or three numbers, and that was it. Right. And we were paid a little bit of money and given some pub mix backstage to eat, <laughs> maybe a free drink, right. and. Um, I don't know. It, the ball just kind of rolled from there right. and picked up steam. Yeah. And so you mentioned Sonique. Sonique was here for Glitz this year. Yes. Amazing yes. performer. She is. Holy cow. And we, so we started about the same time right. in Atlanta. And, um, you know, we, we were through those tough beginning years. Right, right. Uh, and it was just amazing to be able to bring someone here now right. um, after all that both of us have been through and, you know, different kinds of careers and right. stuff, um, to be able to offer some of these folks that I've known for a really long time yeah. an opportunity to come to Alaska. That's awesome. And perform right. and kind of meet this whole community that we've built here in Juneau. And she still just can't get over how amazing that experience was. Our crowds here, and I've never been to a show outside of Juneau, so I don't know mm-hmm. what a down south crowd is like. Yeah. But... Uh, the shows that you do at the Rendezvous and then the big glitz shows at Centennial Hall, they, the crowds are just through the roof they're, they're excited amazing. for these they're things. Amazing. Yeah. They love it. And, and one of the things that I really enjoy is there's a large number of people that are there every show. Yeah. They are just hooked into it. Yeah. We've all got friends that are doing it, you know. Uh, it's, it, and the response to the, by the community just seems to be really 
pretty amazing. It's pretty special here because yeah. there's so much diversity amongst the cast. Right. Um, like you said, you know, you knew Vinny or Juicy. Right. In a totally other area right. of life. Um, and I think that's true for everybody. You know, we have... Um, We've had park rangers. We've had state employees. Right. We've had, um, you know, baristas right. and, and all of these different like day jobs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and and something else super unique about Juno is that we have a ton of drag kings. Right. Uh-huh. We have you know just as many kings as we have queens. Right. We have people who identify as straight, gay, bisexual, trans. Right. No label, right, um, right, yeah. kind of. We have one of everything, yeah, yeah, and it's like sure. all ages, and so I think that the couple of dozen performers that we have now, like right. they all have their own networks, right. and um, they reach people who come to these shows like from all different walks of life, right. and um, and and so the exposure. Is huge and, yeah. and it's much bigger than you would find down south, wow. where it really is a gay bar thing. Right. It's a and it's a subset of the gay community. Gotcha. Because, okay. You know, not not everybody in the gay community likes drag, and, okay. and, and there's all these divisions and squabbles and all of that stuff <laughs> that we just don't have. Right. I don't have time for that. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. Right. I want it to be for everybody. Yeah. Um, I think that there is something that everybody can take from it right whether they like the music mm-hmm. whether they're into the costumes right. whether they like the dance whether they're they like the comedy of it right uh, it, it, it it can reach so many different levels um well for sure and or, or if it's like you know something super meaningful to somebody on a on a really deep personal level right i, yeah. I know that happens too yeah so you never really know what people are going to take from it but i think that people there's something for so many different kinds of people. Oh, to absolutely! Take. And one of the things that I enjoy is like you're talking about the diversity of the shows, and the, I guess the professionalism of, of how the shows are put together, um, it, because you can go from uh, glitz, which is big production, um, large space, but still pretty family oriented uh, you've got the shows at the rendezvous that are um, there's nothing outlandish but they they can often be a little more edgy sure, um, sure. and then you've got the reading day you know yeah, and story time. <laughs> the story time is one yeah. that, that's kind of interesting to me yeah. because you hear um those people who have never been to the show uh-huh. or a show won't associate with people who are in the drag community, but they're going to throw stones at this. And, and, but I had a chance to go to the last one and saw a little bit of it. Uh, and a bigger, happier crowd of kids and family you won't find. Yeah. It, it, it's, I mean, it's hard not to walk into that room and just burst into tears because these kids are so freaking happy. Their parents are there with them or their, you know, whoever's their caregiver or whatever. Like, you know, you see all different kinds of families and, um, and it's just like a hundred percent pure positive energy. And these kids are just like, it's a feast for the eyes. Oh, for sure. I mean, we've got these 
sparkly, bright colored costumes right. and you know, big wigs or these, you know, crazy right. glitter beards right. or, you know, like all of these things that kids are just like, oh my God, like, I don't know what this is exactly, right. but I love it. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah. And these are people who um, are reading a book to me, you know, right. they, they, know, they're spending time with me and that's all that matters to right. kids is like someone to spend some time with them right. oh, and like absolutely. pay them some attention yeah. and let yeah. them be free and let them be themselves like whatever that is like right. i don't know how the, the we're, we're not talking about identity we're not right. talking about labels and right. all of that stuff it's just like let's just put that stuff to the side for a right. minute and yeah. just like kind of foster this environment where people can play right yeah it doesn't matter what you wear you know, you can try things on and it doesn't, you know, mark you a certain way or, or you know, make you stand out. And right. Everybody's embraced and, I don't know, it's yeah. like definitely the the coolest parents in Juno. Oh, for sure. There. Well, and, and I tell you, you know, I, I think one of the misconceptions about, uh, at least in my experience, uh, uh, misconceptions about drag and the drag shows is that... It, there is a a sexual sure. nature to sure. the programs and pretty rarely you there was a show like a couple octobers ago or something mm -hmm. like that um where it delved into that a little bit sure. but but it's all in my experience again it's just been performance art yeah. you know yeah. uh and it's like you said, it's theater. Yeah. It, it's a Broadway I mean, it's production. It's an art form, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And art, it, art can do a lot of different things. Art can be totally sexual. Art can raise right. um, serious political questions. Right. Art can, um, art can just explore color right. and shapes. Right. I mean, art can do a lot of different things. And so I, I really look at drag in the same way where, yeah, the, there are there are some performance arts that can be super edgy and right. adult mm -hmm. only. Mm -hmm. And then there are others that are family friendly. And then there are others that are specifically tailored to kids. Right. And, you know, I'm smart enough to know the difference. Right. I, I, you know, I, I'm very deliberate about how I present myself. Right. And I really try to shape each show around a theme or a particular audience right. so that people know what they're getting into. And I think by now, at least here locally, folks trust yeah. that I know what I'm doing. Right. Um, right. You know, to, to an extent. And um, I think that I, I never want to say that sexuality is absent. Right. Because that could be what somebody takes from our show. Right. Um, it, it could raise questions mm -hmm. or it could answer questions for right. them around their own sexuality or sexual expression. And I think all of that is, is super positive. Right. Right. Um, but is it, um, is it about nudity and sexual right. acts on stage and things right. like that? Right. I, that's just not my style. Right. Right. Um, and, but if there's drag out there that does do that right. and, and that's what someone's looking for, absolutely great. Right. Like I, I totally yeah. support that too. So I think we're just kind of a vehicle for self-expression and you can, oops, sorry, sorry about that. Oh, was that you? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was my... 
the loop. Um, anyway, I, I think you can take it in, in a million different right. avenues. Now, now, talking about um, putting together the shows and themes uh, and stuff like that, talk a little bit more about... You know, you've got. We were talking earlier uh, before the podcast. You've got the next series of shows that are kind of planned out. Oh, yeah. So, how do you come up with uh, these ideas? How do you decide that that you're going to go with this theme? And then talking about um, expression, and um, I know one of the things that's really important uh, to you that I've heard through Melissa is maintaining the illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there have been some acts where the illusion is revealed as part of the act. Um, Lola did one that was real big. You did mm-hmm. one at Glitz that just <laughs> blew my mind. Uh-huh. Um, so talk about more about the, the planning and, and how you uh, approach or, or I guess, approve, for lack yeah, of a better sure. term, something like that. Um, so first on the themes and and kind of how we develop a show is it's largely based on my experience and my sort of um, tribute to the the people that I've worked with and shows that I've done and you know the mentors that right. I've had over the years um, you learn what works right, right. <laughs> you know you learn um, there there is definitely um, they talk about like a canon of work right. um, that that is it's tried and true. It's right. tested. There's a canon of drag music. Okay, right, right. There just is. Yeah. You know, and you can probably think of a few things. You know, there's, it's Diana Ross. I'm right, coming right, out. Whitney right. Houston. I want right. to dance with somebody. Raining men. It's raining men. <laughs> the weather girls, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of these classics. Like, there, there, there's a lot of them. And, and then there's some newer ones, right. you know, getting into the mix and mm-hmm. all that. So. You kind of start with that. I mean, right. that's that's drag one hundred and one. Right. We're gonna do those kind of numbers, and um, and I, I've really tried to match the local performers' interests. Right. With the local audiences' interests. Right. Uh, Juno is a pretty unique place. Yeah. Um, folks are interested in things here that they wouldn't be elsewhere. Right. And and I think that's really interesting. Like. Um, elsewhere, you might have um, you might have a show that's all I don't know. That's like a tribute to Madonna, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily do that here, right, um, right? It just doesn't seem like it fits. It feels too niche. Okay, it's too, right. You know, in Juno, sometimes we kind of check out a popular culture, right. A little bit. We're we too do. busy yeah. hiking, right, or, right. You know what I mean? We're we're fishing and we're out on the bikes. It's like we're not we're not uh, following the trends right to the T. Like we don't, we could give a shit what the Kardashians are doing. Right. You know, for the most part, for the most part, some people are into it here, but right, not right. not overall. Yeah. I mean, so so that does dictate like right. what I do here, and and the the shows that have been the most successful are the ones that appeal to the greatest uh variety of folks you know right. our show this month is all about movies and films and stuff and we try right. to pick the most iconic um characters from films and, right. and some of the theme songs on the soundtracks that you know we've got the uh, 
the Eye of the Tiger and, and a nice. Rocky Balboa right, right. routine. <laughs> you know, so stuff like that. That's right, like, right. Okay, I think we can mostly all agree that right. this is like an iconic performance. Right, and yeah. so I really try to encourage the performers to go that mm, route. Right. And a little less of the uh, obscure performance art. Right. Stuff that I throw more into the performance art category. I think every now and then that can work and our audiences will go along for that ride even if they're not familiar with what's happening or, right. the, or the song. Right. But the, the, they'll, they'll go along for the ride every now and then. Mm -hmm. uh, but what really, really works are the whether it's a sing-along song, everybody right. knows the words, yeah. they're like, yeah! Right, I mean, right. You can feel it yeah. as a performer when you go out there and everybody's singing along with you right. and hands in the air and just like they're at a concert. Right, right. You know, like they're going to see uh, freaking Bon Jovi. I was you know just thinking it, that yeah. too, yeah. It, it's, just, it's like you feel that difference. Mm -hmm. So then mm -hmm. that informs uh, what kind of songs you choose right, right. To, to, to do and you know that if you do something that's not in that category that it may be a little more of a challenge and that that's okay too right, right, it's okay yeah. to have an artistic challenge yeah. and try to sell something uh -huh, uh -huh. to the audience yeah. um, but it's tough for you know some of the folks that are less experienced and um, you know I try to counsel them on that like okay if you're gonna do this <laughs> like you, you got to make sure it's extra comfortable for you, right? So that you can really sell it, right? Exactly, audience. yeah. Otherwise, uh, the audiences sit on their hands or right. not really feeling right. Or it's a bathroom golden. break, right, right? I mean, I hate to put it that way, but right. that's that's kind of how right. we that's how we say it in the drag world. Gotcha. It's like this is a bathroom break right. number, or right. this is going to the bar to get right. a refill. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and you know, on the illusion thing, like. I, there are so many different forms of drag, right? Right. There, there's kind of classic glamour where you're trying to seamlessly uh, appear as the member of the gender that you're portraying. Right. Right? So for me, I want to come across as the most glamorous, right. beautiful woman, head to toe. You know, that's my goal. Right, right. Um, and... Of course, there are there are little things and clues and um, you know mistakes that I make. Right. I consider them mistakes anyway. <laughs> um, you know, but but that's kind of my goal. And, right. But that's not everybody's. Right. So um, you know, we had Goldie from Anchorage come down and uh, Golden Delicious. You know, oh, sp right. sports a full beard. Right. Right. Um, yeah. In drag, every time, never yeah. shaves. Wow. And uh, but but we'll also present uh very feminine right and um and so it's uh it's a visual gender blend right and um and that's cool like that's what she does and, and you know did talking about that and and you know the the process that you go through to prep for a show and like i had an experience there was one it's been a few months back um i was sitting uh, at my station, kind of watching what was going on, and it was early, and and this person comes up and sits behind the DJ booth, and and I thought, wow, that I don't recognize that person, and she's gorgeous, you know, and and uh, uh, I think I'd mentioned it to somebody else, and and this person kind of keeping to herself, you know, real quiet and reserved, 
And uh, then it, it, you know, the show started, and I was super busy and, and wasn't really paying attention. And uh, somebody did a number, and I turned around, and this person is walking up onto the what used to be the pool table back there, and it was Miss Guys, who I had never seen perform before. And, and after the show, uh, or maybe it was at another event, I I was talking to her, and I said. And I told her about this thing. I was like, you know, I saw you at that show. And I thought, man, this, holy cow, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, I said, then you were in the show. I said, but you were, like, in character when you walked in the door. And he said, oh, yeah, I was trying to play kind of the the Richie Rich, you know, reserved, quiet, Aspen, you uh-huh. know, type of thing. And it was just, like. Nailed it! <laughs> I was blown away. I love those little yeah, surprises and yeah. stuff. And uh, I remember that show. That was fantastic. Yeah. And um, you know, it's the question about illusion and character, and uh, you know, that was a time where she, you know, arrived to the venue in character, right? Completely, and even watched part of the show. Yeah, at, even as an audience member, right? fully in her character and um you know we talk a lot about like when performers are getting ready and when they um go out into the bar for a drink or to talk to a friend or something before the show um I try to be really I I guess I'm a little heavy-handed in this (laughs) regard but like going out in um halfway makeup done right. and your sweatpants and yeah. uh, a ball cap it, right. that's not going to cut it right um i want I, I don't want folks to give away um the behind the scenes right unless that's um something that is really deliberate and done on stage right. I, I think that there's um there is a whole fantasy and a whole illusion and this whole thing that we're asking the audience to join in on right you know they're playing along with us in this illusion and the more that folks commit to that right um even if it's in a little tip around outfit it doesn't have to be an elaborate costume right but the more that they play into that um before during and after a show the the more immersive the experience is for the audience. Right. When they see a drag king or a drag queen at the bar getting a drink, but, you know, they're fully in their character. Right. Um, I think it just adds this extra element of um, professionalism right. and, and commitment to your character. Oh, yeah. And to the art form. And so if there is, like, a reveal where we want to show the audience uh, you know, something that they're not expecting or behind the scenes right. or like the number that I did at the end of Glitz, I can at least speak to that. That was, um, it was not my number. I can't take credit for it. It's called, um, I am what I am. Right. And it's the end of, um, from the musical La Cage au Fall. I, I actually, after Glitz, I somebody had mentioned that. And so I looked it up and yeah, yeah. it, in my personal opinion, I preferred yours. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was a a super powerful number. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about, um, there's a long tradition of that number to where it was done in a a drag show in the 60s and 70s. Um, Primarily, you were going to see a a cast of celebrity impersonators. Right. Um, 
and because that was just the style at that right. point. So you were going to see all your your famous celebrities, right. and then at the end of the show, there was going to be one of the uh, queens come out and um, and undress out of drag, right, uh, in front of the audience, right, um, and. To show that they call it the transformation number. It's, it's got a long, long history, and it was in every major show to this day. Right. Um, oh, wow. Okay. If you go to Las Vegas and you see Frank Marino's Divas show, you're going to see a version of that. Right. They use a different song, but it's the same concept. Right. And um, and it's uh, it's a number that I was taught how to do when I worked in Lake Tahoe at a casino show um, called Carnival Cabaret. And I was taught how to do that, um, and that was my number at the end of every show. Oh, okay. So um, it was something I've always wanted to share with the audience here in Juneau, but it's something, it's a really special number. It's yeah, really meaningful. Sure. And I didn't want to do it um, on a small stage at Rendezvous. Right. I always knew I wanted to do it at Pride, at Glitz, right. and have it be a big stage thing, but... Um, takes a lot of nerve to uh, be there in your underwear on stage (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny because you you would think oh well you know Gigi's in these like revealing costumes and stuff on stage but like I've got all of these I've got six pairs of dance tights (laughs) and a full bodysuit and you know a silicone breastplate and like all of this stuff I'm like heavily clothed right right um, even though you think that I'm only in like a little leotard or something like that so um to actually like reveal your real self on stage and to get out of makeup and to show people James is right. uh, that's a big deal to me. Oh, for sure. So I don't know. I I think it it it's meaningful. I think it was particularly meaningful this Pride being the right. 50th anniversary of Stonewall and you know kind of looking back at our history as a movement of LGBT people right. and just where we've come and what we still have to do and you know there's still so many haters out there so right. just so many ignorant people who right. think it's something that it's not right and um so i don't know i i think it's still important to remember that it's not all just rainbows and glitter right, and fun. right yeah well one at, at glitz there was a you know your closing number was huge and the other one for me that was really big was the one mikhail did that was kind of a uh, uh, an anthem, mm-hmm. you know, to inclusion, and had family members uh, on the stage, mm-hmm. and uh, the crowd really, really understood, you know, the yeah. number. And, yeah. and it's interesting to see, you know, we talk about the diversity of the people, but also the diversity of the performers, because we've mm-hmm. got you know numbers like that, and then you know. Um, Numbers like Tenderoni mm-hmm. that you brought up for this, who just unreal energy yeah. Yeah. and yeah. and showmanship, sure. and and Tenderoni's a, a new-ish mm-hmm. performer, you mm-hmm. know. Or um, I love the Drag Kings because I'm uh-huh. not not so hip to the times on on the music that a lot of the queens are using, uh-huh. but uh, like Taquan, uh-huh. always and, and I text Taquan, you know, yeah. like after shows and stuff like that. We're on the same vibe, you know, yeah, with the yeah. music. There's a yeah. lot of Al Green and some Barry White, and, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, uh, his number for Glitz was from Purple Rain, right? And, yeah, you know, awesome. It's, Love it, that stuff. Again, it's those iconic moments, right? That um, when you choose to perform those, you get it, right? 
there's just something that the audience shows you for those numbers that it's hard to veer off of that. Right. But sometimes, like, Mikhail's number, like, he came to the group, actually, and unsure if he should perform right. something that was as politically charged or messagey or, you know, kind of a rallying cry right. to support trans people and make a statement about um, the ban on transgender service members right. um, serving in the military right now. So it was a, a number about that right. and um, and just kind of showing support um, for that part of the community. Right. And, you know, people thought it was a really good idea. And, you know, the whole show's not like that. Right. Which might maybe be a little too much, but as one number, right. it, it was really important moment. Yeah. And it was absolutely the right time and place to oh, for sure. make that yeah. statement. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe people in the audience who hadn't thought about it before, right. hadn't realized that it was as big of an issue, you know, maybe they have a little different perception now. Right. And um, maybe, you know, it, it's a call to action and right. and all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's just awesome to be like, yeah, we can have, like, the boy band dancing to right. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> And we can have this. Right, right. You know, and it's all, like, there's room for all of that. Right. Um, Then we have a lot of, like, theater kids. Right, yeah. Who are in the mix now. And they're coming with this, like, Broadway sensibility. And they want to create moments from musicals and and have stuff that's a little more narrative and is a little more telling a story and um, having different characters on stage. And... And, you know, so we're, we're expanding in that direction, too. Right, yeah. Um, well, and, and that's, you know, a, 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 a topic, you know, unto itself is um, a lot of that comes from the the Kings. Apparently there's construction going on today. I don't know if you hear that. Um, but the Kings that perform here, for one, I, I, you've mentioned this before, um, I've not been down south, but we've got a tremendous number of kings here. It's unbelievable. And, and the variety <laughs> yeah. of the king performers that we have, uh, and uh, it just, I love the king numbers because they're just so different from, to me, you know, many of the, the queen numbers. Sure. Uh, and, and so I guess talking a little bit about kind of, like our kings versus the role of kings in the bigger community well there's definitely a a community of drag kings um nationally and around the world but um there's a pretty stark division between queens and kings right down south um you know when our special guest from chicago tenderoni was here for glitz we talked a lot about this, and he said that, um, you know, you think about Chicago, okay, right. they're they're probably on the cutting edge, right, like right. in so many ways, and there's a, at least, I don't know, a dozen drag bars in Chicago, let's just say that. Well, there's only one that will even book a drag king. Really? It's all queens. And there's only one place that will have an integrated show where Tenderoni can work. Right. Wow. And then he just got an offer um, this summer 
to uh, to host his own show because he's a, an incredible right. performer. Oh, man. You know, and so, okay, so he got an offer to do his own show, but they told him it had to be only Kings. So it was like, you know, what? why, what is going on? Right. What is going on to where, um, I mean, I think it speaks to gay bars being so... Uh, hyper-specific about who, who their audience is, you know? it's And it's not just even gay men go here and lesbians go here. It's not right. even that simple. It's like gay men between 28 and 32 who have mustaches and wear skinny jeans right. uh, and listen to Robin go here. Right. Like that, it's on that level wow. sometimes. And, and like... I, I'm just like so over that stuff. I, right. I've done it. I've been there. I know those places exist and they're probably doing good stuff. But right. like, I don't know. I, I'm much more interested in reaching a broader audience. Um, well, that's I, one of the I, things I, I love about the shows here is, especially you working at the door, I, yeah. I greet every person that yep. walks through and I see the variety, you know, from somebody who's just turning 21, someone who's never been to their dra- uh, you know, a drag show before, um, people that are in town on vacation yeah. that just happen yeah. to hear the music coming out yeah. to Grandma Sandy, yeah. you know, showing girls <laughs> got, how to do yeah, jello shots, yeah, yeah. you we know? Got, we got off the whole <laughs> cast of characters yeah. and it's like, you know, um, when we first started doing shows here, I, I really very gradually built these shows here and tested the waters and right. took my time trying to get to know what the community wanted and could handle and you know at first I think we all thought uh, is this only going to be a gay thing right. and is that is there enough of a community that's going to come out right. and support these shows and um, and you know what's really interesting is you know, there's not a gay bar in Juneau. There's there's an organization that is a pretty loose social network. Right. But that's really about it. Right. And I feel like the LGBT community in Juneau is pretty integrated into all of the bars. Right. You know, right. All of the places. Um, there's not a gay neighborhood. There's not really a you know, a gay coffee shop and a gay bookstore right. and all that stuff that you would find in a place like Chicago right. um, or Seattle or wherever. But we just don't, we don't have that stuff. We're a small town. Uh, and I think to our credit, everybody plays together right? for the most part, yeah, yeah. you know, of course there's still, you're always going to run into yeah, I yeah, mean, we, yeah. we, we self-select right. where we feel the most most comfortable yeah. or akin to right. the rest of the people. But, you know, the audiences, I mean, I, I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> like, right. most of the right. time, they're not my friends. Right. Um, you know, sure, my friends come, but that's that's not everybody. Right, and, right. Um, there's a lot of new people every time. Right, yeah. It, the age range is huge from 21 into the 70s. Right. Uh, like... Uh, it's definitely predominantly straight identified or allies or whatever. Um, but it's a little bit of everything. And, um, 
I don't know how we quite got to that point, <laughs> but however it happened, it's awesome. It, oh, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing awesome. looking at the the variety of people that are in the crowd. Like you said, from, from gay to straight and, and different identities yeah. and everything yeah. in between, and everybody's just there having right. the time of their lives. And you it's know? like it doesn't matter. You can kind of check all of that baggage with right, you at the exactly. door like know. <laughs> you know you're like the coat check right, as right. well yeah. um so people can just because it doesn't matter it's right. not really it's not that kind of thing right right it's not like a pickup bar it's not like right it doesn't have that feel mm-hmm. um it, it's really just like I don't know it's really like community oriented totally. yeah yeah no it, it's it I guess it's hard to describe it just yeah. um I've I've had so much fun this last couple of years mm-hmm. you know um and and the people I've gotten to meet yeah. you know are local performers that um particularly at, at my age at 52 I don't hang out with a lot of 20 year olds mm-hmm. but I've had a chance to meet people like Lola yeah. uh, and Tahir mm-hmm. Taquan uh, and uh, and the variety of the performers and, and how they get into get into doing you know something like this and and how they like uh, Aura is a, a, a good example um the first show I worked, uh, I was at the door, and I see this young lady with a ton of luggage, uh-huh. um, costumes and whatnot, and so I go and open the door, and I don't know who this is, and um, open the door for her, and she thanks me and extends her hand, and very, <laughs> Aura is very um, uh, petite, very, um, I just, I don't know the words, but, but Aura shows up ready yeah and aura is aura yeah i know i've met aura not as aura but i could melissa taught me this one apparently there's muggle names you know (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. but i don't know you know some (laughs) of the performers i've i've associated with not that i wouldn't associate with aura outside but i just to me aura's always been aura yeah you know and and have not and and, and that thing is it like uh with mikhail so the first time I saw Mikhail was like three glitzes ago, and Mikhail did um, a Steven Tyler performance. Uh-huh. And I was right there by the stage, and to me, Mikhail was this larger-than-life yeah. character that did this performance that just blew doors. Yeah. Um, in fact, the lights came up, went out, <laughs> yeah. and the yeah. show, it just yeah. went on. Everybody yeah, turned yeah. on their phones and lights and whatnot. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then I was working uh, for a retailer here in town, and this young lady comes in, and she needs a backpack, and we're talking, and, and uh, really cool person, and she's got this big trip coming up and whatnot. And I could have, I told her, I said, I swear we've met somewhere before, you know, I... I just don't know what it is, and, and we talked about what we do for work, and, and I thought, okay, well, maybe that was it, and uh, um, I was talking to Melissa, and she's like, oh, well, that's that's Mikhail. I'm like, no way. Mikhail is like 5'10", right, you right, know, right, right, on right, the right. stage, this huge yeah, person. The stage and, adds a Yeah, yeah, and so we've become friends outside of that. We actually did a, a you know, Mikhail and, uh, and we're Tori and, and her partner uh, and my wife and I went out to dinner and uh, I think we went to a play and and uh, um, the 
I don't know. You're talking about the illusion and and how it just it's been such an eye opener and yeah. so much fun. And I know it took a while because I was definitely an outsider. You know, mm-hmm. when when I came in, you know, Melissa was kind of the gatekeeper, you know, for me. And, uh, <laughs> She's so good at that. That's why we yeah, love her. Yeah, and uh, so it took a while for people to get comfortable around me sure, and, and sure. who I am. And um, I've certainly changed a lot about my my views of the community mm-hmm. and drag yeah. and uh, um, you know my chance, the opportunities that you've given me to be. Uh, I call it, you know, head of VIP transportation uh, <laughs> and security, you know, at the Glint yeah, shows. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. I, I've had a chance to to hang out one on one with with people like Delighted and Spiky uh, and um, uh, uh, Tenderoni and um, Calexis, yeah, who yeah. amazing, yeah. super yeah. awesome people, uh, and it's just such a fun, welcoming, inviting. Um, family it really is um you know you hear that term of like drag family or you know drag mothers and their kids and we we all have this like um you know we're plugged in somewhere into some kind of family network and um that is just that is so real and like when when i came here um and i was very far from my drag family um like I don't know how this is gonna go. I, I knew there, there was a little bit of drag here. There were a couple of people who um, did an occasional fundraiser or things right. like that. And I was like, well, you know, I never had any drag children uh, before moving here because they're normally a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, As are well, non-drag you know, children. <laughs> yeah. I don't have but any, we love them all the same. I've only had a dog. So, okay, that's like the extent of my parenting. So then um, Latuya approached right. me and said, I am interested in drag. I've been interested for a while now, and, but I want to do it the right way. I want to have a drag mother and I want to learn from somebody. And will you be my drag mother? Oh, wow. I was like, okay, um, let me think about that. And this was like the first time that ever happened to me. And uh, I had a lot of respect for Latuya uh, as an artist and right. uh, as a figure in the Clinkett community right. and as a weaver and just, um, you know, I asked a lot of questions about right. why you want to do this. What do you, what's sort of your vision uh-huh. of who is Latuya? Right. What do you want to do with this, uh, combining this art form with other art forms you do? And anyway, I said, sure, let's, let's try this out. Right. And so she was my first drag kid, and um, and then it sort of evolved where it wasn't as like formal of an ask and process like right. that. And then it's just sort of like, well, you know what? <laughs> At this point, like I'm calling all of you children, right, and right. Um, you know, and and that's just what it is. And so we really have that family dynamic. We, um, you know, they feel like they're siblings, right, with each other. Um, you know, some of them call me mom, mother, <laughs> right. uh, usually when they're mad at me. Right. Uh, but, you know, I just try to... Have you to, had to put any in time out? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes on that. Uh, uh. And, you know, it, it's a lot about, like, I don't have any room for drama, right. for, for negativity, 
for backbiting, right. for all of that stuff that maybe you see it on TV or you think that that's right. how this all works. And that couldn't be further from the reality right. of what it is here. The performers here support each other. They, I, I hope they feel supported in right. what they do. They know that I'm always here to support them, that each other, you know, is there to bounce ideas off of, to encourage them. You know, if they're nervous before a number, you see three or four other people around them pumping them up right. to get out there. And I love that. Like, that's when I know we're doing the right thing. Right. Um, you know, people, especially people who, you know, some of the more shy performers we have, people who you talk about outside of, of their drag persona, I right. mean, they're terrified to talk to new people or to right. put themselves out there. And, um, and drag gives them this whole confidence boost and even if they only have it when they're in costume, in character, at least it's some kind of outlet. Right. So that they can feel comfortable with themselves. And, uh, I mean, I'm a pretty shy person out of Gigi character myself. I'm not, I'm not the same, you know, there's definitely a difference. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I like, you know, that works for me. Right. So, I mean, it's not like that for everybody. Some people are natural outgoing performers right. in daily life. Right, yeah, like yeah. Aquarius. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, Aquarius is pretty much Aquarius all the time. Right, right. And that works for her, well, you know? I, so Aquarius is a couple few years older than, than my daughter. Probably a little bit more than that. But uh, I remember going to, like, school plays uh-huh. when Aquarius was maybe, like, middle school age. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? This kid really needs. I hope this person finds their place, uh-huh. you know, um, because it without an, an outlet, you could see there was something that just wanted to get out, you know, <laughs> and uh, yes. uh, and and I know Aquarius's parents, mm-hmm. and to me now that that I've been to you know a number of the shows I've seen. You know, Grandma Sandy, who's Aquarius's grandmother, uh, and I've uh, um, I've seen uh, her mom show up to the shows, and and but I would have never put Aquarius's parents and Aquarius, you know, as part of the same, you know. I mean, we're all who we are, you know, sure. uh, and it's not good, bad, or indifferent. But it just was one of those that when you see Aquarius on stage that's where this person was meant to be, Yeah, you know? I agree. Uh, and it, it's really, it's cool to see that, it you is. know, because how does this person get that out? How do they express that, you know? Because uh, there is a bundle <laughs> of energy there. There's a lot, know? right. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's a way to, it's a good way to harness that energy. I mean, there just aren't a whole lot of ways for adults in the world right. to have this kind of performance expression right um it's like you can be a musician or maybe like do karaoke um i think that's kind of like the closest right right. correlative like yeah okay you can go to karaoke night and sometimes you see these huge personalities like get up there and they're singing love shack and you're like (laughs) okay i mean i guess 
I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. Something's yeah. happening here. Um, so you can, it's like, okay, karaoke or, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think you really have to be pretty gutsy to get out there and oh. do stand up right. or do an open mic or try out for a play or a musical right. in town. I mean, yeah. as an adult, we just don't have, we're not, it's not okay to just like, uh, try something or be outgoing in right, that way. Right, right. Well, and, and there are, uh, and this may just be my misunderstanding, but there's a, a, a few performers that are either straight or straight adjacent, Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me, who are, um, uh, who are, well, there's one queen that I'm thinking of, I, I won't mention names, but, um, where it, so I wonder, and, and I've got to sit down and talk with with this particular person. So, what got them into that, and is this uh, an outlet? Like, I, I got to meet a few years ago. The the first drag show I ever went to was Glitz three years ago. Uh-huh. So, my first drag show was the big production number, yeah. and you had um, uh, Aunt Daff. Uh-huh. Daphne Duolatores was the MC, mm-hmm. and after the show, uh, and what, Kasha Davis was yeah. there, and delighted, delighted, and spiky, and yes, and, and I there's a picture of me with uh, with delighted and Kasha, and they're both they're tall without heels, uh-huh. and I'm not. You're shorty like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah, a pretty yeah, cool yeah. picture. Yeah. Uh, but I got a chance to watch uh, Daphne talk with Melissa's kids. Uh-huh. And deep, deep conversation. She gets deep quick. Oh, she yeah, does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's, yeah. you know, to hear someone's story and the struggles that they've been through. Uh-huh. And and now I've, I've followed Daff religiously with, with, with social media. Yeah. And to watch Daff and Lisa and their lives uh, and, uh, and the, kind of the part that drag plays mm-hmm. you know with them and she does daft's makeup i mean it's just it's a really cool partnership and then watching you know you and jeff and and and, and it's so funny because i've uh, i only really started talking to uh, i don't want to say talking but my interaction with you and jeff outside of drag has only really been like the last year or so yeah. and um you know you on stage with this larger than life mm-hmm just boom in your face type of thing and, and Jeff when he's behind the DJ booth is you know exuberant yeah. loud but to talk to you guys outside of that is very it's like this it's, it's a little bit of a you know, letdown well, it's okay you can no, say it, it. No, it, is, it, is, it is super super cool because it, it's just it's so seeing that that separation yeah you know, in there and, and learning about people's like Yale, you know, right. I, I would have never put that and, you know, yeah, his, I mean, his, you know, it's just the yeah. process of getting to know people and right. getting to know you. I mean, you've become a mainstay. People associate with the shows. Like you're the first face they see. I've got actually a funny story. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, they know they're going to go see the bike doctor at right. the door. Like right. that's just, that's part of the, right. the whole experience. Right. And, um, I mean, that's why I love having you there because I feel like you just, 
automatically disarm people for what they're about right, to right. experience. I yeah. mean, that's a really, um, every piece of this is planned right. and has to be just so. I mean, yeah. that's why we've got Melissa as stage manager. We've got everybody is, is, is handpicked for what they do because right. it adds a piece to this overall experience right. that, um, that I really want the audience to have every Saturday. And so when we do drag like somewhere else or it's a different kind of show, we lose a little bit of that magic that happens when we're all together right. doing this like machine thing on a Saturday right. at Rendezvous. Um, anyway, that was a side note. Yeah. But, okay. um, <laughs> so my, <laughs> what, my, what my story. So, oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were set up.